This week's parsha is parsha Hazidim. I felt it totally appropriate. He started with the parsha. So it says in the first parsha, Kazinu Rashamayi Vada So one thing you see, according to some version, is that the word Hazinu, which is more like lend me an ear, is when you're talking to something that's far away. You see, when somebody's listening and they have their ears don't hear, sometimes people hear people, you know, twisting their ears, that the future ear will be closer. So when something is far away, you say hazinu. When something is close, you say shema. So hazinu ashamayim is way up there. Sishma Uritz is down here with me, so I say sishma Uritz and Rafi. So with that thought in mind, if you look at the brachas that we say by Shaykhus, at the end of the brach of Shaykhus on Rosh Hashanah, we say, Ki So the way you understand it, I think is the way the Prima Godim explains it, that a Shaykhus comes from the Lush and Shapir, that you hear the straight sound, the Tchiyas, the, so who do you hear that? The people who are close to you. Meaning that tzaddikim, the erech yidden, the glory shaker, you hear it because they're close to you. The trua represents the broken yid. He's a god of Yavavavis. He was given a year to be straight, to be perfect, and he broke it. And now he's just the tzibroch in the yid. He has his tekel of Yavavavis. He's far away from Hashem. So it says, umazin trua. You hear, you from the distance, you hear the faint cry of the Yid who says the true. But then you make the bracha and you say, Bracha to Hashem, Shemeya kol truas ami sobrach. All of a sudden, Shemeya kol truas ami sobrach. the pshat that a Yid cries out to Hashem from far away. But Hashem then hears the cry, but then he brings himself very close and he hears that same true, but he brings himself close to that Yid. So, this is a, a, a word for Rosh Hashanah, but it's a word for all the time. That a Kodesh always hears, no matter how far away you are. And that's one of the reasons why I heard we say the Mizmor in Mekhailach seven times before we blow the Shaitra. Okay? So you see this in Mekhailach Mizmor, Kalam Tikuchav, but Septus Mekhailach over here. Eretz says that when the Jenei Kairach was swallowed into the earth with their father, they were on their way down to Gehenna, they had a hearer tshuva. The Shporch put a ledge on top of Gehenna, and that's where they stayed, and they sang Shira, and eventually they got out. And so that's why you have all these kapitlach, and Shizmei Jenei Kairach, and they're all kapitlach, that talk about a yearning, ka'ayol tarag, lafikei maigin, ke'nafshi sarge, that's from the Jenei Kairach. If you're far away from the machine, you're yearning to be close to Hashem, you, you, you can say such kapitlach to him. I'll call upon him, Hashem heard, and Hashem saw that shtickle hearer. They were too scared to say anything, but Hashem heard the hearer truth, so to say, and he brought them close. So you have to know that coming to Hashem the same idea that Hashem hears no matter where you are, no matter where you've been, Hashem wants to bring you close. So, Rapam says over a fascinating Zach, saying, Beshame the son of the of, of the Yitzhak inspector. But he says, like, like only Rapam would seem to say, he says, you know, people come to that Tzeresimei Tshuva, and it's very daunting, 
and it's a very intense period of time, and it's very hard for some people. And just you know, just hang in there, wait for your kid to be over, heave a sigh of relief, and go on with your normal life. You know, just you know, a lot of people, it's just this thing hanging over you. So he says, you know, what can we do to make it a little bit easier for people? So he says this word that he heard, and he says that we very often say, we say this every morning by Slichus, that there's a passage that says, there's a rakti aleicha mayit tehoyer, tehoyer tehoyer right? Talk about Hashem sprinkling with us the mayit tehoyer. So he says, the emphasis is two types of tahara. You have a mikra, mikra Yisrael Hashem. And then you have, there's a rakti aleicha mayit tehoyer, what's the chilek? A mikra, you go to the mikvah and you don't go all the way under the water and you want to go to the tree Right? If your pinky is outside of the water, has to table there. You've got to be totally submerged, your hair, everything under the water. The Rakhile Maya Tahoyim is the water that may happen. Even if a small drop of water touches your pinky, you're on the road to Tahara. He says, there's Elbazachs, there's, there's a year who can do it, do it to Shuvah. Mamish Mikvi Yisrael Hashem, he goes totally under, he, Mamish in every aspect, he does a tshuva, tshuva shleima, and he's totally about tshuva. Then is the average year that that's, you tell me to, to change everything, to tshuva for all my avenues, it's not shy, I go crazy. So you say, take one step at a time, start with something small, just make a move, do something, you know. Whatever it is, they do something that, at least something that has a chashivas. I told my bochum tonight, learn, find, make a say of one mission a day. It's a small step, but you be, it change your life. By the end of the year, you have 365 mishnayis under your belt. In a few years, you have shas. It's something that takes you to another level, but it's a small step. You can handle it. Right? So this is, a, this is the two ideas of tshuva. A small move, but... That's where you have to get. So we, we, we've, uh, we, we've left the they had been. Now we have to go back to Hashem. So I uh, heard a Misa that um, was told over in Russia. In Russia, that could be this was told in the time of communism, but there was a big shroom in Russia. And the cold day, very night, the shroom was full. During the day, you know, Hitler, the place is mamish empty. You have a handful of people. There. It comes night, by the Elo, the place is packed. Right? What's the Pshad? Everyone's able to come back from work. So the road got up, he gave a drusha, and he said there was a mice in the altar hay that there were two hidden fighting over a chicken. He says, it's my chicken. I says, no, it's my chicken. Right? You, know, you don't know what you're talking about. Then they're having no fights today. They go to the rub. So the rub says, okay, give me the chickens, and you guys lay outside. Well, he opens the door, and the chicken is tied up. And so he says, okay, both of you come into the room. And then he unties the strings that are holding the chicken together. And he said, let's see. And the chicken, as soon as it's untied, flies to one of the guys. He says, well, you're the owner. The chicken knows who to fly to. The Zelda Zach by Cloud in the show. He said, untie that which ties us and you'll see we'll come running back to you. He says, look at the Yidden over here. During the day they're tied up. The second they're untied, they come running to Shul. Let us be untied. Give us the opportunity to come back to you.
So we went to a Rosh Hashanah, and now it's time for Tati Tzrura, we can run back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And uh, that's the avoidance. So we have to we have to make a move. We have to do certain things. Uh, first of all, the beautiful mindset that I don't know if I said this over here at any point, but um, and Yid says over that he used to come to America, and he had a cousin in Florida who wasn't from. But he made it a point to visit for the cousin. So they would go out to eat the kosher restaurant. Sometimes they would. Uh, bring paper plates and they bring something, you know, uh, something he bought in the store. But, you know, he always got together once a year. So one year comes to the house and this cousin opens the door. It's a little bit different. He's wearing a yarmulke. There's a mezuzah on the door. There's a mezuzah on all the doors. He sees up here an art school tomorrow. There he sees another. He says, what's going on? He says, we did shoot. He says, how did that happen? He says, I'll tell you the whole story. I was sitting on my porch on Rosh Hashanah, just, you know, chilling. And I'm looking over the beach, and suddenly I see a whole bunch of yidden wearing their suits. The other big who's going to the going to the beach. I said, this don't look like beach attire. And so I hop off. They're being tashlich. He said, let me go join them. So I put on a yarmulke, and I ran down to the beach. Someone, somebody comes over to me, would you like a sidur to meet Paleo? So uh, I said, yeah. So he says, you need it in English? I said, no, I'm Israeli. Of course, I can read Hebrew. So they gave me a sitter. I say, Tashlich. And then a guy comes over to me and says, Shalom Aleichem, the name is Moshe Katz. Did you hear Shafiya today? So I said, no. So he says, can I blow for you? I said, okay. So he blows. He takes out a small shaker from his pocket. He blows me dirty kailas on the spot. And then he says to me again, by the way, as you should know, my name is Moshe Katz, and I'm the Balpakeya here in the shul. And I'm about to leave and go back to the, don't forget, my name is Moshe Katz, I'm the Balpakeya. By the way, he wanted me to remember his name, Moshe Katz, but I go back home. My wife just says, where, where are you? What's going on? I said, you won't believe it. I, I, I saw these people going to say Tashla. I went to say Tashla. Then some guy comes over to me, and he says, my name is Moshe Katz, and he blows the shaykh for me. And he tells me again, my name is Moshe Katz. And he looks, his wife turns white. He runs to get her some water. He's a pocket and he's not the man. He says, my grandfather's name was Moshe Katz. He was the Balthakeya in the Yalistok. That's my grandfather. I don't know if this guy was his grand- grandfather or his name, but they became Bali Chu for that Mikesir. So this year it goes back there to Stroll and he asked Chaim Kadiyevsky, that Hashem sent the Moshe Katz, he'd been sitting there in Florida for 20 years, what took so long? So he says, the Bush was waiting for him to make the first move. But he put on that yarmulke and he went to the beach, that was the move. At that point, Hashem said, okay, you made the first move, now you're in. That's what it takes. Then, once you make that move, that, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, okay, now you're good to go. So we, uh, hopefully, we made the... Let's see, see from the they had to, uh, they had to have a hero chuva. What? So, so what's your avoidance now? So I'd like to just maybe use the story of Yoyna, a couple of others in Yoyna, to, to, to make a few others what what should be part of the avoidance chuva. So, um, just to look at Sefer Yoyna, um, the very first thing that strikes you, that uh, strikes me at least, is, is 
they come to Yaina, Yaina's on the boat over there, and uh, things are not looking very good, and there's a storm, and they wake up Yaina, and they make the gurgle, and it falls on Yaina. So they come to Yaina, and they say to him, him a whole series of questions. And what's his answer? Every There's nothing else. That's it. I, I don't have a career. I don't have a profession. I, there's one thing, every and I feel Hashem. That's my reality. Right? The first step is you have to define who you are. You go from Rosh Hashanah, we're ready. Who are you? What do you do? What's my reality? What's my job? What's the answer? What, what do you do? Mamalachacha? Listen, the Misa with the he was once uh, waiting for a train in a certain shekel. And so uh, it took a few hours for the trains to come. So he was in somebody's house. So they made like, you know, people knew him. The governor was here. Everybody came to see him. So one of his former Talmudian came. So they're sitting around the table, like like here, and the Yeshe Bear is saying, they tell you, he sees his Talmud, says, oh, Yankel, it was so he says, you know, I started the shoe store, I sell uh, Nike, I sell Reeboks, I sell shoes, I sell socks, I sell, uh, you know, I sell running pants, I sell running shorts, I sell Air Jordan, I sell Air Shorts, whatever. It goes through a whole thing. And, okay, ten minutes later, he turns to his Tom again, what was Machir? He says, I, I told him, Shiva, I have a shoe store. He goes through the whole thing. Another 20 minutes go by, he says, I told him, Machir. He says, I told him, Shiva. So Yerushalayim says, I didn't ask you what a Kodesh Baruch was doing for you. I asked you what you're doing for a Kodesh Baruch Must I say to what are you doing? That's the Shiloh. I don't care what Nama Lachtacha, right? What are you? What, who's this? To? What are you doing? That's, that's the ultimate type. That's the first you say. The person has to know, who are you? The second thing is that a person has to know that with all the things that go on in the world, that... A person has to take achrayas for himself. Your averus, your chesroimus. Time to do tshuva. You have to face up to it. You can't. You can't say oh, this averus his fault. This is that fault. This is my wife's fault. This is my kid's fault. This is my my rebbe didn't teach me right. You know, you, you can always find a whole list of who's who's at fault. They say to Yoyna, "What's the problem?" He says to them, "Right." Uh, he says to them. Um, He says, it's only about the Luni Alayam, but the first they say, okay, he's Uni Batiluni on the Ishtakan Alayam, throw me to Zikioidea and the Shali Hasarakotlazo. It's my problem. It's my fault. Now, Yoina could have turned to these guys and he could have said, the voice said, Five minutes ago, every one of you took out your getchka and you were dabbling to your getchkas, right? It says in the pasuk, right? Uh, everybody was praying. We go ish You're all davening to your ridiculous getchkas, and you're turning to me and say, "Why? Why is this happening? <laughs> this mishiga, right?" So, but he doesn't say that. He says, "Bishalia, it's my fault." Right? That's the koyach of tshuva. The koyach of tshuva is to say, "It's my problem." It's in, 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 if I don't take a chrys for myself, 
no one else is going to take a chayis. So, so you, this is the lesson with the Maisa that the Lord has been desired. The famous Maisa, so he goes to the Zoyna Bekarche Hayam, and um, so she tells him, you ain't going to be the Kabbal Shuba. So when you get the Moses Shmus from the Zoyna, it penetrates, right? And so he becomes a Baal Shuba, and uh, he runs outside, and he sits between Horem and Voice, and he says, Horem and Voice, Bikshul Ayrachman. Mountains and, and, and hills be Mavakish Rachman. So they said, Achim Mavakish Malach and Mavakish Alatzmeinah. They gave him a whole stickle flavor. We're busy. We can't help you. So um, he says, Shemaiva Ores Bikshulai Rachman. I'm sorry. They can't do it either. So he says, Chamal Avoyna Bikshulai Rachman. They say, No, we're busy. We can't help you. Right? So, Chavim Azolus Bikshulai Rachman. We can't either. Right? So, Oma ain't a dove totally be, and yeah, Roisha be Birko, the Gobe Bechiachi Yatsinishmosin. So, what's the message over here? The message is that people like to blame. You know, the Horim Agvoyas is your parents, right? The Horim are still from Horim Horim, we say. So, your parents, people like to blame their parents. You know, if I was raised by parents who were normal, I would be normal. But my parents, they had no idea what it was. They, they beat me up. They didn't know. My father used to beat me up when I came home. And my mother had no patience. She had the temper. She didn't understand the nuances of chinuch. So it's my parents' fault. And if the parents are not to blame, so it's here. You know, I've had, you know, parents tell me, Everything went wrong with the fourth grade Rebbe. It was the fourth grade Rebbe's fault. It was the sixth grade Rebbe's fault. It was the eighth grade Rebbe's fault. It was the Maniah's fault. It's the kindergarten teacher's fault. There's always somebody to blame, right? And it's not that fault. It's uh, my, my kid grew up in Baltimore. If you would have grown up in a normal city like Denver, he would have been normal. But, uh, and if he grew up in Baltimore, you know, what can I do? I grew up in Borough Park. I grew up, you know, uh, everybody has an excuse. Terrence is in a double Nobody cares. Bottom of the line is nobody cares about your excuses. The bottom line is you have to come through, and that's you have to understand. You can't you can't uh, blame it on anybody else. It's your problem. And so the Yoyinus says, "So Uni, pick me up if you Uni Elayam." Here you see the Bali Musa say, "I heard this from several people that um, I think it was with the Chatzkel Rebbeinstein maybe that um, they finished davening and." Maybe uh, a few minutes left of 72 or whatever it was. And so they were clearly to that advice. He says, no, you have a few more seconds of your kipper. He said that when they picked up the young, he said, so uni what does the post got to say, so uni He's saying, you'll give me a few more seconds of life to pick me up. He said, a few seconds of life, you don't know what you can accomplish with those few seconds. You know, to visit this old lady who's old, so over a hundred years old, paralyzed, no relatives, lying in bed. She had no life. And he would come in every Friday night to say the Shabbos to her. And once she said, Rebbe, can you give me a bracha? Sure, what kind of bracha do you like? I want a bracha for Arichas Yom. And he said, Mama, you want Arichas Yom and your life is one that, you know, one long bout of unremitting suffering. She says, most of the week I'm not clean. I can't make a bracha. Once a week, the ladies come and they clean me, they wash me, they give me a cup of tea, and I can make a shahagal. 
Maar te blij dat we liggen, zie je om te bieden, te maken dat de brochen. In a few seconds, we can make a brochen. You can say amen. You can accomplish so much. If we only hop around the time that we have. So that's the, one of the, one of the assignments that you learn over here. But perhaps the Iker Yisoyed, one Iker Yisoyed is, as you have to know, we said this on Rosh Hashanah, that HaKadosh Baruch looks at Maisha Yishu Kudasei, person's actions and what his mission was. Did you fulfill your mission? The lesson of Yoyin is you can't run away from your mission. You have a job in this world to fulfill, you can't escape it. There's a movie that Gamay said with Rabbi Trapper, was first time a boy of Trapper, I think, He's not one of the Balei Tshuva Yeshivas, and once he left to Khmer. Anyway, he was asked to speak once in Birmingham, Alabama, Alabama University, Alabama State University. So he flies down there on Sunday. He's picked up in the airport by one of the students, and the, you know, the, whatever the Jewish students were, I don't know how many Jewish students there are in Alabama State University, but, um, And the guy's telling him how many students are planning on coming to the lecture and the place is going to be packed in that assembly, you know. They come to the university, come into the auditorium, and Rabbi Trapper right away notices that the sign announcing the lecture was for Shabbos. And today is Sunday. Right away he realizes that there's not going to be too many people at the lecture. <laughs> They walk into the auditorium, the place is empty. So the trapper thinks, okay, listen, he's a topless, I came here, there's got to be a reason, I'm going to speak, whatever happens. And so the guy says, oh, I'm so glad, I feel terrible, let me go see if I can find some students. So he goes, and after a few minutes, he comes back with five kids, four boys and a girl. And they try to fill up the auditorium. <laughs> so, you know, they sit together, my trapper, his wife is there. And it's okay, the trapper gets up and he starts giving his drusha. And what's his drush? His drush is talking about Noya, and Noya, uh, about Yoyna. And Yoyna had a mission, and he didn't want to do it. And Hashem says, you're going to, you know, you can't run away from your mission. He's going on and on. And there's one girl there in the audience is crying away the whole time. Trapper's wife goes over to her, what's rubbing her neck, you know, gives her tissues. After the lecture, when Trapper goes over to said, did I offend you? What, what, what are you so upset about? She says, I'll tell you the truth. I come from a Frum family. And I, if I had a very hard time with the Frum kind. And I wanted to leave her to show. We go to America and escape the, the, the Frum kind. So my father, you know, my father said, to me, so go to Muncie at least. I went to Muncie and still wasn't, you know, wasn't my kind of thing. I decided. I'm going to the University of Alabama where there's not, not too many Jews. I'm running away. Finished with the Gansa Meisse, with the Gansa Yiddishkeit. I don't want to hear from anyone. I don't want to be around all these people. And you show up and you give this lecture and you tell them you can't run away. It must be a message. Anyway, she was Chayza Bichuva. The next Shabbos she was there in, in whatever yeshiva he had. And so uh, you can't run away. This is the Yisrael's word. And so ultimately, the ultimate message of the story of, of Yoyne is that they talk into tshuva, right? And uh, he goes and he announces in, in Linde, and everybody does tshuva. Now, the question I always had when learning, say, for Yoyne, is it's a very mod mazach, that why did they do tshuva? I mean, you show the floor. The guy shows up to this city, and the guy comes up to me and says, 
Welcome to the great city of Ninveh. What brings you here? And what brings me here? A fish. Well, very interesting. And, and what are you here to tell me? I'm here to tell you that the city is going to be overturned in 40 days. Wow. That's very interesting. My best do teshuva. <laughs> Next thing you know, the whole place is doing teshuva. Now, imagine a guy comes to America and he goes downtown, you know, to, to, to the harbor and he gets in a box and he says, you know, do teshuva, it's really cool. Give it your poker, give it your pool. You know, take your sitter and go to shul. Listen to God and follow each rule, right? You know, they put the guy in a straitjacket and send him to the loony bin, right? And Yoyna walks into Ninbay and he says, I came by fish and I didn't tell you in 40 days the place is overturned. He says, oh, if you say so, we're arguing the whole place is doing shul. We're put on a, you know, sackcloth and sitting on the floor and crying away. But what's the pshat? I think the pshat is very pushed. You look in Parshas Noyas, when Nimroy was very active, the Pesach says, in the Oretz of who Yotza Ashur, a Yivin as Ninveh, as Rechidus, here he Ashur, Rashi says, saw the Kilkel in society that was being accomplished by Nimroy. And he wanted to get away from it. So he built the city of Ninveh. The city of Ninveh was built on the foundation of Chuba. It was built by a Yid, by a by a human being who wanted to get away from Nimrod. And so it was built this site of Surmeira. They wanted to get the DNA of the people in Nimrod was to be distant from Ra. And so when the Navi came and he gave a call for Tshuva, intuitively the people in Nimrod understood to hear the message. That was, so we tell something of that. A person sometimes says, what's the Tshuva I'm going to do in Rosh Hashanah and give going to help? I'm going to go back to the old ways. It's not true. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but the message is always going to be that the foundation is there. And Lamaisa, you will the closer, you will the closer. Nothing you do goes to waste. It all has it in the yellows. And you see that over here, it lasts forever and ever. And so they did Shubra. And the Pasuk says, they called that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bechoska. The Lord of the Pasuk is, Vayikro Lekim Bechoska Vayeshubu Ishmitad. Got to call out to Hashem. There's got to be a, a, a cry to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, my, my niece tells me, they've said this all the so she she uh, came back from America once from Eretz Yisrael. She was in Eretz Yisrael, and she has Baruch Hashem a lot of kids. So her husband's working with Kaitlin, and he wasn't ready to come back yet. Whatever, she came back a few days early for whatever pace or whatever. So she's got a brand new baby. She's got a bunch of other pets in with her. And uh, it's been a long trip. And they come out of the plane, and one of the suitcases didn't make it. So she has to file a missing luggage report. So there's a long line of people filing reports. And she's waiting there. It's a long day. She's ice command, and she's got a brand new baby she's holding. And, and there's a long line that's taking forever. And she sees there's another window, there's another guy standing there, and he's not taking any customers. So he goes up to the wish, he goes up to the wish, says, why can't you take customers over here? And he says to her, listen, Natalie, you're not so important to me. You're just not so important. You just wait in line with everybody else. So she's waiting in line, and the, the ladies next to her tell her, why are you holding the baby? Put the baby down. So she says, if I put the baby down, he's not screaming. 
They said, exactly, let him start screaming. <laughs> so she puts the baby down, the baby starts screaming like a shaker. Within five minutes, another window opened up and everybody was on their way. So you want to open up the door, you got to scream. And that's what opens the doors. But you got to, you know, so we, we, we come to Ne'il at the end, and that's the last door. You can't, uh, with Nick, no, Nick was on the boat, they threw over one of the doors, and uh, when they went to throw it, the secretary said, you take that door, you're taking me with it, right? I'm not giving up the last door. Ne'ila is the last door. That's the last shot. Right? Don't give it up. Don't let that shot close without you in it, right? So, you know, that's, that's the mice to show you. It's just uh, the murder of mice I saw. It's told over by, by one of the Rabbanim that it's a show. That there was a, and it comes to shooting, and he sits down in the back. People go to him and say, would you like a kippah? No, thank you. Would you like a monster? No. He just sits there. Come the great night, my doesn't stop in a word, doesn't want to wear a yarmulke, doesn't want to wear a palace. Married is over, he goes home. The next morning, he's there, shakras, sits there the whole day, shakras. Just doesn't say a word, just sits there, doesn't want a moxa, doesn't want a yarmulke, doesn't want anything. Shakras, musas, mincha. It's not needless for this, in the middle of Nero, the guy jumps up. He bangs on the shender. He says, God, why did you take away my wife and my children in the Holocaust? And he runs out of shore. So there's one Miss Powell that that's, he couldn't get over this. He had to find what's going on with him. He runs after the guy. And or maybe he knew who it was. He asked him later. He says, I can understand. You sat in shore the whole day. What, what, what exactly happened? He said, Ever since the Holocaust, I've been asking people, why did I lose my children? Why did I shun take away my wife? And finally, somebody said to me, what are you asking us? Why don't we go and ask Hashem? He said, well, we're supposed to ask Hashem. You go to Shul Yom Kippur, you'll find Hashem. So I came to Shul. And I'm waiting to find Hashem. I didn't see it. I didn't see him. Shachris, Minchum. In the middle of Nila, I saw Hashem. I knew he was there. I felt that Hashem was there in the middle of Nila. I got up, I told Hashem what I had to say. But, yeah, as I get him totally fried, no shyness. But he wants to complain to Hashem. But in the middle of Nila, Nila is so powerful, so gavaldic. The Kirvis Hashem is so not shy. He talked of felt, he saw Hashem. He was able to bang on Hashem and say, right? That was what he needed. But he, he felt Hashem was there. We have to realize, if he can feel it, we can feel it too. Without these real answering, you have a lot of other things to ask Hashem. Chaperite, this is the, the godless of, we made treatment, we made him, we made him, we can change our lives, we can change our whole trajectory of how we're going. And we get to show you, we should be safe to it. A good convention, a yard, our mindless, and we'll get to